0: Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon, and please join me in welcoming our television and webcast viewers to today's program. My name is Jennifer Sloan. I'm president of the Canadian Club of Toronto, and we thank our viewing audience for joining us. The Canadian Club has a long history as the leading current affairs podium in Canada, Led by a volunteer board of directors, we are dedicated to encouraging open and accessible debate on issues that matter to our city, to our province, and to Canada. Through our youth and young leaders' programs, civic action diversity partnerships, accessibility commitments, as well as through our media partnerships and social media properties, We provide opportunities for Canadians around the world to engage with leading political, business, and public figures. Thank you for joining the conversation today. Before I formally introduce our speaker, I'd like to tell you about some of our upcoming events this season. On Monday, May 4th, we will be joined by Finance Minister Joe Oliver, who will discuss Canada's economic and fiscal future post-budget. And on May 7th, the Honourable Reza Moridi, Ontario's Minister of Training, Colleges and Universities, will be with us to outline ways to drive quality in our post-secondary and skills training landscape. And on May 11th, we will be joined by the leader of the Liberal Party of Canada, Justin Trudeau, who will discuss fairness and growth in the middle class. For a full listing of the club's upcoming events and to order tickets, please visit our website at canadianclub.org. You can also join the conversation via Twitter and Instagram by following us at c-d-n-c-l-u-b-t-o or by using that hashtag. I'd like to introduce our invited youth and young leaders who are with us today. They are York University's Department of Political Science and Ryerson University's School of Politics and Governance, and their table is sponsored by BCE and Bell Media, the Monk School of Global Affairs Alumni Network, sponsored by Scotiabank, and Civic Action Diversity Fellows and Emerging Leaders Network, sponsored by Strategy Corp. Youth and Young Leaders, can you please stand so we can recognize you? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to introduce today's guest speaker. You may call him Canada's Chief Public Safety Officer. As Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Preparedness, the Honourable Stephen Blaney is charged with keeping us safe from natural and man-made risks. One of those risks is terrorism. Recently, Canada's Intelligence Services Director told the Senate's National Security Committee that our country is facing unprecedented terrorist threats. Established 12 years ago, Public Safety Canada coordinates national security efforts across all federal departments and agencies. Minister Blaney was instrumental in introducing the Anti-Terrorism Act or Bill C-51. Minister Blaney has been traveling this country to highlight the government's efforts to protect the country and its citizens from domestic and international threats. A civil engineer by training, He has been in his current portfolio since July 2013. Prior to that, Mr. Blaney was Veterans Affairs Minister as well as Minister for La Francophonie. The federal minister has represented the Quebec riding of Lévis Bellechasse since 2006. He was appointed Vice Chair of the Quebec Conservative Caucus soon after becoming an MP and in 2008, he was appointed chair of the caucus. He has served on the Aboriginal Affairs and Northern Development Committee and the Transport, Infrastructure, and Communities Committee. He later joined the Defence Committee. Minister Blaney, bienvenue. The Canadian Club of uh, Toronto's podium, Canada's podium of record, is now yours.
1: Merci beaucoup, Jennifer, and uh, I realize the world is small since you've been uh, three times in uh, Levy, in the heart of my riding, over the course of the last three years at Le Galeries Chagnon, and you've met many of my constituents, so uh, it's good to be here with you uh, this, uh, this afternoon with a great room, a room filled with energy, with uh, youth with uh, my colleagues from uh, the Legislative uh, Assembly of Ontario, as well as a member from the business community, uh, from the uh, also social community, but also a member of the military and the uh, public safety community and at the upfront, I would invite those uh, amongst us who are part, I mean, uh, like uh, Stephen, a uh, police officer and uh, military, just to stand up so we can see, see you and recognize you because my first duty is to pay a, t- a tribute to those who are there to protect us. There you go. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. You know, they have a tough job to do, especially in our current time, and uh, I want to thank them for being here today as I'm uh, privileged to address the Canadian Club of Toronto. I still remember in 2008 I was back here, and it was during an electoral campaign, and uh, today I'm proud to be here and uh, to share with you my views on how important and how linked our security, safety, and our prosperity. Juste avant d'aller plus loin, j'aimerais offrir mes euh, meilleures pensées aux personnes qui ont été touchées par le tremblement de terre au Népal. Vous savez, notre gouvernement s'est engagé à faire en sorte que nous appuyons les efforts qui sont faits par la population pour soutenir la communauté du nord de l'Inde et du Népal et, euh, lors du tremblement de terre. Et nos meilleures pensées vont vers ces victimes de ce tremblement de terre. Et bien sûr, nous allons les accompagner pour la reconstruction. Aussi you're right, I was vice chair of the Quebec Conservative Caucus, and the, the chair of the caucus was uh, for late uh, Senator Pierre-Claude who was the speaker of the Senate. So I will be in Montreal tomor- tomorrow to pay my tribute to this great uh, parliamentarian. I'm here today to tell you again how important security and our safety is for our economy. They are two elements that are critical uh, for prosperity and uh, national security and Canadian business are closely linked. And uh, if anyone has a doubt, uh, they may have read this morning the National Post where, uh, you know, I didn't think, uh, you might not expect I would quote Osama bin Laden, but here's what he said. The enemy can be defeated by attacking its economic center. The assault on the World Trade Center, the slaughter in India's business center Mumbai, the thwarted plan of the Toronto 18 here, which included an attack on Toronto's business district, and the attacks on Kenyan malls, to name a few, where we lost a Canadian, a civil servant, and another fellow Canadian, were designed not only to kill but to target countries by undermining their economies. So this is a, a paper this morning uh, from, uh, the, uh, from uh, Danny he is the co-founder of the Canadian Coalition Against Terror and uh, lost a relative on American Airlines flights. Our government is deeply aware that uh, to uh, keep on our prosperity in our country, we need to work tirelessly to build and maintain the stability on which markets thrive. A great example of this commitment is our relationship with our friends and ally, the American. We work side by side to ensure that security is balanced with efforts to encourage legitimate trade and travel. And we're making great strides. And if we go back to what took place on our own soil last October, what did we get from the American? Did we get critics? or ask for increased border security or any reactionary measures from our fellow American? No. What I personally got was an email from Jay Johnson who said, oh, you are you all right? Uh, and uh, can we help and assist? And uh, we, are, we are there uh, to support you in those uh, tragic hours. Jay Johnson is the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. Actually, he tried to contact me. I didn't have access to my BlackBerry because I was locked down inside Parliament Hill with hundreds of colleagues during uh, these uh, uh, quite um, (laughs) special hours. I was able to reach him uh, that very night and I'll tell him, uh, Secretary Johnson, uh, we know that uh, Americans are neighbors, but we are more than that, we're friends. And we are together with France, with Great Britain, with all Western countries uh, that have shown an incredible sense of solidarity and friendship and spoke of a common threat, uh, a threat we must continue to fight here and abroad. And, of course, that's the issue of my conference today. Keeping our nation safe from the threat of jihadi terrorism is clearly in the interest of all Canadians. We've just seen it for the, from the business perspective. Uh, and uh, now, admittedly, I wish I were here to speak to you on uplifting topics as you uh, uh, enjoy this uh, great uh, salmon. But uh, we, unfortunately, are facing serious national security threats. And uplifting is not necessarily my day-to-day reality as Canada's Minister of Public Safety and Emergency and preparedness but I can tell you that together, with all the Canadian and with all nations, we can uh, overcome these challenges. Yes, jihadi terrorist groups like ISIS or the so-called Islamic State, Jabhat al-Nusra and Khorasan and how they add to the instability of an already unstable region or a threat we're facing. We're also facing a real Canadian threat. It's the, the phenomenon of Canadian foreign fighter. Canadians, many times born here, actually uh, uh, that grew up uh, with us, uh, that uh, share uh, our values, and suddenly that get radicalized and uh, are willing to travel and return uh, home, and even represents a bigger threat. We've seen those terrorist attacks. We've seen it at uh, Charlie Hebdo, we've seen it at uh, Cacher, we've seen it in Sydney, in Copenhagen, and uh, we've seen it in St. Jean-sur-Richelieu and in Ottawa as well, where we lost the officer Patrice Vincent, and Captain, uh, Corporal Nathan Cerillo. For anyone who still had a doubt, it clearly demonstrates that Canada is not immune to terrorist threat. And this phenomenon of radicalization that is happening in our cities and in our communities must be, must be dealt with. Friends, our government was clear on the day after the attack we will not underreact, but we will not overreact. We will put the appropriate measures, and that's what we've been doing since. You may be aware that prior to those attacks, we had what we call our terrorism, counterterrorism strategy. There are four pillars to that strategy. The first one is obvious, prevention. Prevent, detect some individual who could represent a threat, deny them from acting, and eventually responding. So those are the pillar of a strategy that has been put in place, actually, by my predecessor. So our government is taking the the terrorist threat seriously, but we need to do more. We need to do more internally and also to attack the threat at at its core and at its source. That's why, on the international level, our government is part of a large coalition with our allies to degrade and destroy the terrorist so called entity of ISIS. On l'a vu le mois dernier, notre Premier ministre, Stephen Harper, a presenté à la Chambre des communes des arguments convaincants à l'appui d'une motion visant à prolonger la mission canadienne et à l'élargir pour y inclure contre l'État islamique. Oui, cette motion a été adoptée. You may be interested to know that this is the first time in our history that the government is consulting and having a debate on uh, our military mission. We've had it for uh, uh, the extension of the Afghan mission. We've had it for the first part of the uh, uh, intervention in the Middle East and also for its uh, continuity. Why? parce que la sécurité, la stabilité et la démocratie en Irak et en Syrie sont essentiels à la paix et à la prospérité régionales et ont des répercussions ici même chez nous. L'État islamique ne constitue pas seulement une menace pour ces deux pays, la région environnante, mais pour la sécurité mondiale. What happened there has consequences here. Nous nous agissons aussi sur le plan diplomatique et sur le plan humanitaire. Le Canada est un chef de file avec le ministre Paradis en matière d'aide internationale pour les communautés qui sont déplacées. But if we want to stop this flow of migrants, we need to get to the core of the problem. that's why we are part of those military actions there. Certainly. The acts of terrorism the world has witnessed in the last few months in Europe, in Australia, and our own soil reinforced the need for us to work closely with our friends and allies and have a shared, appropriate, and evolving response. In In January, after the terrorist attack in France, I was actually humbled to be part of the millions of people in Paris and around the world who marched as one global family joining together in a show of support and resolve. And we saw how Canada came together after the assassination of Nathan Serriot and Patrice Vincent. We saw the real value of Canadians standing up together and this is really inspiring and of course we need to translate that into action. But our nation is a nation of freedom, a nation of peace, and those terrorists are trying to attack the very core, our very core values. And we will stand up in front of those, uh, of those terrorists with all our dignity, with all our rights and freedom, and we will adopt, act, adapt. And indeed, all countries are facing these challenges. In February, President Obama hosted a summit at the White House to discuss building secure and resilient communities that reject and condemn terrorism. As President Obama said, we are all in the same boat. That brings me to the action we're taking in Canada to build resilience. Actually, just this morning, I've met uh, with our people from uh, CSIS, and uh, they they tell me how enthusiastic they were with the new legislative tool we will be providing them with C-51 that will enable them to be able to act up front at the uh, very early stage of radicalization, This is where we need to intervene. Prevention is a key component of our Canada's counter-terrorism strategy. And I'm pleased to share with you that I intend to have a national collaborative effort in that direction. I intend to call upon my uh, provincial counterparts so we can uh, keep on working together adding on those efforts that are done daily by our police officer, whether at municipal, provincial, or federal level, and the other law enforcement and security agency. So we're going to meet and um, keep on taking action on anti-terrorism and radicalization. And I also want to uh, give you the assurance that we will deepen our, our partnership with our allies, uh, I, have, I see a student here who is really interested in our Beyond the, border, a, um, Beyond the Border initiative. Yes, we've signed an agreement on pre-clearance, which is ensuring that the flow of good and passengers through our border is good, but that our border for terrorists and crime is a wall. And this is the goal of Beyond the Border Agenda. And also working with our European partners and, of course, uh, with France and Minister Bernard Cazeneuve. I have invited him. He will come here very soon so we can deepen our relationship and share uh, better information so uh, we don't let those who want to harm us uh, take benefit of the gap we could have. So much work is being done by our government, including my own department, CSIS, the RCMP, in partnerships with communities in what is known as pre-criminal space to prevent radicalization. And if you have an individual, a son, a sibling, that is falling into radicalization, we have to continue to develop tools so that people are reaching out to the authority and they don't necessarily get charged if they are not committing criminal activity. So work in this area focuses on research, community outreach, and meaningful engagement, as well as first responder training and awareness. And we are working namely with the Great Britain, who have great projects in terms of reaching out uh, to uh, communities in that sense. Of course, here in Canada, we have our cross-cultural roundtable on security, through which we engage leaders from diverse communities across Canada in a critical dialogue about important public safety topics, including preventing radicalization, building trust with communities that find the solution themselves to prevent radicalization. So we are active in the ground with outreach events in Montreal, Calgary, Edmonton, here in Toronto, and uh, uh, all over southern Ontario. This work is critical because preventing radicalization is a collective responsibility. Everyone has a role to play, individuals, families, faith leaders, communities, as well as police and government. But if we want to be successful, we also also need to go where this radicalization is happening. And it happens on the web. It's happened with new technology. And our agency needs to be up to date with the technology equipment so that they can help preventing radicalization. Of course, we need uh, to uh, deal with terrorism, but also with other threats to our security. And one that is uh, growing as well is the cyber threat threat a cyber threat to our businesses, cyber threat to our our government, and to the individual. On October the 22nd, we were poised to introduce targeted legislative measures in regard through Bill C-54. But to get back to this uh, cybersecurity, security, uh, you may have seen in a disturbing incident just a few weeks ago, an individual who stated they were affiliated with ISIS claimed responsibility for a cyber attack against the website of French broadcaster TV5 World. Or again today at the newspaper NATO is saying that uh, the cyber threat is evolving, is getting bigger, whether from state sponsor hackers, terrorists. So how do we adjust to that? We already have a cyber strategy, but uh, it can happen from anyone, anywhere, at any time. And I'm pleased to report that I've been uh, meeting with the uh, Canadian Council of Chief Executive. And I must tell you, they are not not pushing the government to take action. They are actually pulling us. They are saying we need to work together because this is a real threat that uh, our Canadian companies are facing. And you may be delighted to uh, know that, and uh, Minister Oliver will uh, certainly uh, raise this issue when he'll meet with you, that we are now increasing our funding into uh, getting a better Better tools to, um, to tackle with cyber, uh, cyber threat and cyber security. The uh, investment we're making is a bail on a strategy where we have uh, actually securing our own networks, strengthening partnership across diverse sectors and governments, and including public awareness about how to stay safe online. I actually have been into the um, much uh, Much music uh, to do some interviews, so it tells you how public safety uh, can bring you in a very interesting place. Uh, uh, why Because we need to reach out to the youth and tell them to have a cyber, a safe, responsible behavior. And why? Because as a country, we should have a vision. A vision of having, if I can put it that way, a cyber shield, where individual companies, government are, are uh, developing the tools and the right attitude to uh, be uh, resilient to cyber attack. Uh, in the budget, indeed, there is uh, funding uh, for uh, cybersecurity, and uh, I'm eager to meet with my uh, uh, CEO uh, council because they were expecting uh, those uh, development. Why? Because uh, this is part of our intelligence, of our know-how, and of course, again, linked to our prosperity because we need to keep our uh, industrial intelligence uh, away from those who would want to steal it from us and get some uh, competitive advantage. So... Security is something that we can build by being part of a a large coalition to fight terrorism where it happens. And why it is so important to go out there is because sometimes those – we we, we can't afford to have safe haven where terrorist organizations are planning attack there on our soil here. And that's why we need to improve the tools we have And that's why I must tell you there has been an incredible work since October with the Department of Justice and the Department of Public uh, Safety to develop a, a policy that would make sure that we have the tools and yet again in the budget the funding necessary to adjust to this threat. You may have heard Commissioner polson and Mr. Coulomb saying they were reallocating temporary reserves to tackle with the phenomenon of foreign fighter, We're in the budget we are able to keep uh, taking care of cybersecurity, but also of organized crime, money laundering, drug trafficking, human trafficking as well. So that's in the budget, and I must tell you, uh, I will vote and support that budget. On the very day the attack took place, on October the 22nd, I was planning to table a bill to make sure that our intelligence officer has clearly the mandate to operate abroad and to share information with our allies. And now you can understand why it is so critical that we enable our intelligence officer to have the legal authority to protect us. That's what a bill, uh, uh, protection of the uh, Terrorist uh, Act, is all about. Of course, uh, I've tabled it a few weeks later, and uh, this bill has just got royal assent uh, last week. What is this bill doing? Basically, allowing CSIS to keep doing what it's been doing for 30 years, but we had to respond to the invitation of the court who wanted us to clarify the mandate of CSIS. So now the judges, when uh, they are issuing warrants, will have a clear definition in the law of the authority of CISIS. So that's a good step. And you may remember, uh, not too long ago, we've adopted the Preventing Combating Terrorism Act, where we are removing uh, citizenship for dual citizenship, who are, for dual individuals who are abusing our, uh, our, the generosity of Canadian, are also removing passport from individuals who are willing uh, to uh, commit terrorist attack. But if we remove the passport of those individuals, we need also to have the duels to be able to track them and to avoid that they will commit attack on our own territory. That's what C-51 is all about. Of course, uh, the the, the tragic event that took place uh, asked for a response, and that's why in the coming weeks now the Senate is on it. You may have heard yesterday the National Security Advisor, Mr. Fadden, was testifying at the Senate Committee This bill is well underway. Uh, It got uh, support uh, uh, from uh, from my colleague and from the Liberal. Unfortunately, we were not able to seek support from the NDP on that one. But uh, frankly, uh, this is an important bill. Why is it important? Because let me give you just some example of what it will do. It will allow police officers to be able to uh, make preventative arrests when they have reason to believe that an individual may commit a terrorist attack. You know, when I tell that to people in my writing, they say, Stephen, how come you have not done this before? Well, this is in the bill. This is why we need this bill. We need this bill to make sure that uh, uh, Officer Steve that is with us today, if he has reason to believe that today an individual may uh, commit a terrorist attack, he, he, can, uh, he can arrest this individual, seek a warrant from a judge, Uh, and also um, make sure that he has the consent of the Attorney General. So there's a lot of mechanism as the process goes to make sure that there are, if I can put it that way, check and balances that protect our rights and freedom, but also protect our own security when individuals are willing to harm us. So that's the first one. The second one is, again, the sharing of information. We have here at this table the representative of a, a, the most horrific terrorist attack that took place in our country, the Air India. And what was the recommendation of this, uh, this, uh, this commission that was set up? Why, why is the left hand of the government not telling what is happening on the, to the right hand? Sharing information. That's what is all about. That, this is another measures. For, uh, for any um, events that could undermine the security of Canadians. This has nothing to do uh, with uh, activists, with uh, anyone who is uh, protesting, and it actually we amended the law to make it very clear. Why? Because we feel that there is an importance uh, to make sure that the information that could protect and save lives of Canadians be shared amongst the federal government and be dealt and treated properly. Third, well, these individuals are willing to travel abroad. They are willing to travel abroad to take part in two terrorist activity. Well, as we speak, if we have reason to believe that an individual is willing to be a foreign fighter, we cannot prevent this individual from boarding a plane. We can't prevent this individual from boarding a train if he's willing to commit a 9-11-style terrorist attack, if he's willing to attack the safety of the flight. But a foreign fighter just wants to take the airplane, to commit terrorist attack when he will have get off the plane. That's quite obvious. Well, this is what we want to fix. We want to make sure that in the passenger protect list, those individuals who are willing to travel to commit terrorist attack will be prevented from boarding a plane. Quite obvious, eh? Well, that's the Bill C-51 that has created some uh, reaction from what I respectfully call so-called expert. Fourth and uh, second to last element, In our country now, if, uh, well, actually, ISIS has been telling to, uh, to kill a Canadian, to kill everyone, actually, anyone, anywhere. So, well, you can say that in our country now, and this is not criminal, because this is not targeting a group, and this is not aimed at a specific target. We need to make sure that the criminal code, it's already in our criminal code, that hatred speech or uh, illegal, incitation to violence are illegal. But we didn't expect that someone would be so... Uh, evil that he would want to kill everyone everywhere. What the terrorists are willing to do? And we don't have this tool now. So that's why we need to uh, criminalize the promotion of terrorism in general. Once again, this is quite obvious, and frankly, uh, this is something we are willing to accomplish uh, in the bill, and we are also willing to shut down the website, because this is where radicalization is happening. On the website, on those extremist website where we have those violent uh, uh, incitation to violence and those uh, if i can call them anti western uh, speech You can talk about, uh, you can talk against the government. You can talk about anything. But if you are having incitation to violence, to hatred, and to commit acts of violence, well, this is criminal, then we'll be enabled again by getting the authorization of a judge to to shut down those websites. And this is at the core of radicalization. This is an element of uh, of, um, C-51. And um, that's actually the the last element of uh, the C-51 There is no question that the web is a powerful tool for terrorist groups around the world, so this provision is critical. And that's why I I, um, so insisted that uh, we move forward with uh, the bill, Uh, because uh, we feel that Canadians want to be safe, wants to grow uh, their family, wants to have business, and also wants to live in uh, in a land of freedom and liberty. So... um, Uh, So, uh, one last word about uh, about, uh, maybe this balance between uh, safety and liberty. You know, uh, we fundamentally reject the argument that every time we talk about security, our freedoms are threatened. Canadians understand that their freedom and security go hand in hand. Canadians expect us to protect both, and there are safeguards in this legislation to do exactly that. And... uh, Hopefully, I wish the opposition would support the the budget because we are doubling the budget for the Security Intelligence Review Committee. What, is this, uh, what does it mean? This is the watchdog of our Canadian Security Intelligence Service. We are doubling the budget. Why? Because we are expanding their power and authority, because we are uh, enabling CISIS to disrupt the threat. So the basic fact is that our police and national security agencies are working to protect our rights and freedom, And it is the terrorists who endanger our security and who take away those freedoms. And frankly, I can assure you that I will do anything in my capacity within the respect of our Constitution, within the respect of our Charter of Rights and Freedom to prevent that from happening. That's what the Anti-Terrorism Act 2015 is all about. It represents the most practical way forward to strengthen our national security legislation. Je dis souvent en français d'une façon un peu poétique, la liberté ne peut pas s'épanouir sans la sécurité. More bluntly said in English, there is no liberty without security. And frankly, as I am in front of an audience, a business audience today, uh, I would uh, simply conclude uh, by saying, that there is no prosperity without security. Merci beaucoup de votre attention. Thank
2: you. Good afternoon. My name is Adam Kahan. I'm Vice President of the Canadian Club. And, Minister Blaney, it's my distinct honor to thank you on behalf of the Club for sharing your government's plans to combat terrorism here at home and, indeed, abroad. I think we're painfully aware, as you have so eloquently pointed out, that Canada is by no means immune to the terrorist threats and acts that are taking place throughout the world. Indeed, the memories of the domestic attacks against our soldiers last fall remain fresh in our minds. Would-be terrorists are being apprehended and tried with increasing regularity. Your government's rapid response in introducing Bill C-51 underscores the importance of being prepared. And as you clearly explained, it is a multifaceted act that is designed to address the many complexities of domestic and international terrorist threats. These threats indeed call for new strategies and tools, and public safety and emergency preparedness are key priorities in these unsettling times. So, Minister, we thank you very much for being with us today, and we wish you every success as you continue to deploy the necessary resources to protect our communities. Merci beaucoup.
0: thank you adam and again thank you minister for taking time out of your extremely busy schedule to be with us today your speech was informative and insightful thank you before i adjourn today's meeting i'm going to draw your attention to the event survey cards on each of your table The Canadian Club is always looking for ways to improve your experience, so please take a minute to help us by sharing your thoughts and comments, including whether you like our new shortened luncheon format this season. Um, Your feedback is very much appreciated. This concludes our program today, which will be broadcast on Rogers TV in the days to come. We're grateful to Rogers TV and 680 News for their continuing promotion of Canadian Club events. To learn more about the club, please visit us at www.canadianclub.org. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Our meeting is now adjourned.